Uh, how good does that sound? The sound of a happy ferment. Happy yeast, happy brew, yeasty farts. Hi, welcome back to the Hop Cartel Podcast. In this first segment of the podcast, I'm going to discuss one of the three brews that I've done heading into or over and into the new year for 2020. So day one, three consecutive brews, seen me brew up another mead. So this mead is using my original recipe, backed off on the chili and added ginger. Tappily fermenting away. We got good numbers on that particular um, brew. So now it's the waiting game. Waiting for things to finish fermenting off and start to clear up. So like the previous one, I did use the addition of my gravy train yeast. My gravy train yeast is a house strain of yeast coupled with a Sigmund Voss clake yeast. It's a very hungry yeast, loves the high temperatures like most clake yeast do. Very well balanced and evenly aromaed and flavoured yeast. Quite easy to harvest and very usable. So this one came out of a stout that I used. General consensus is don't work backwards with your harvested yeast from a dark beer back to a light beer because um, chances are it just won't work. I have used this gravy train previously on uh, a habanero mead. Worked quite well. I've had a few people who have actually tried that mead. Like it a lot. The heat is very well balanced. The honey flavour is very, very well balanced. The ABV of that particular mead was very well balanced as well. So it has a lot going for it. Hence why I decided to run with that yeast again. Stick with the original recipe and add some ginger. For those who are interested in that particular recipe, I did a quick, very rough um, brew day, live video, excuse me, live video on the Hop Cartel Facebook page. The audio and the visuals a little bit scratchy, a little bit um, poor, but uh, given the circumstances and you know the, the, the time of the year where um, everyone's a bit exhausted, uh, yeah, got a bit lazy. So, uh, but it's there. It's very straightforward, uh, explained pretty well, and um, so if you'd like to give it a go, go and give that meat a go. I use two kilos of honey. It is a smaller batch than what I'm usually making. I usually go for around about a five. The previous one was about an eight litre, so I end up with two four litres and I split the batch and um, obviously um, cleared them up at different stages. They finished fermenting at different stages. Nothing really extra was put into those once they were split, but um, they did come out at different times and obviously um, slightly different colours. 
was a pretty good brew day considering very quick I think I had it down and done and um, video switched off in around about 10 minutes so yeah they are quick to do very easy um, it's the long term of getting it to clear up and getting it to mature that is the benefit of those particular um, types of brewing um, varieties all right day two of the three-day brewing binge day two sees me brew up the Simcoe smash so in conjunction with the meetup we have with World Home Brew Club members in Newcastle here at the Clarendon Hotel we've decided to do a smash beer as part of a uh, brew off a bit of a competition between uh, our, our members here at World Home Brew Club a selection of those beers bottled in PET bottles will be sent over to Ohio to our American admin Steve Lanari he's going to do a bit of judging a bit of reviewing a bit of scrutineering give us some feedback on our beers a bit of a opportunity to have some fun obviously and get our beers to another part of the world it makes it a little bit more cost effective as well if we all combine our beers together and get them sent over and um, share out the cost of getting them there um, as I think I've mentioned previously we have to use Marisota malt as a base Marisota only Simcoe hops only and USO5 only how you choose to brew your style is up to you you can brew a session ale you can brew a pale ale you can brew an IPA you can brew a double IPA as long as it has those three main ingredients water chemistry is also allowed totally up to you whether you want to partake in using water chemistry to perfect your beer um, for those who are lucky enough to be in certain areas where a lot of not, not a lot of uh, of water chemistry is needed to 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 brew a decent beer um, but that's also allowed so my particular recipe I'm aiming for um, a IPA grounds under the BJCP uh, I overshot my numbers by a smidgen but that's fine it's gonna keep me up there things are still gonna taste pretty good um, and I'm, I'm confident that um, this beer is, is, is gonna be a pretty nice um, it is all fun it doesn't matter who who wins it's it's all about uh, getting in getting involved having a bit of fun and discussing uh, probably after the moment about how 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 we decided to run a particular um, brew day there's some of us that are brewing on um, on ba budget basic systems some who are using or one in particular using a three vessel system two that I know of it'll be using um, automated systems so they'll be using a grain father a guten uh, myself on a on a um, on a ghetto system or I like to call it ghetto system where it's pots and pans and um, uh, esky mash tons and all sorts of little bits and pieces makes the brew day longer but um, I really really thoroughly enjoy that side of brewing getting getting in and, and the nitty-gritty makes for a very good brewer um, to be able to control things in an aspect where 
Um, it can be difficult at times, uh, lack of space, uh, lack of uh, equipment. Um, you just got to you just got to use whatever you got and improvise. Improvise is, a, is probably the main word I'd like to use. So with ghetto brewing, there's a lot of people who ghetto brew stove top, big W pots and pans. We're talking 20 liter pots and pans, 15 liter pots and pans, 30 if you can get them. 30 liters would probably uh, be a lot better pot pot to use. Uh, uh, soup pots and casserole pots and stuff like that. So my recipe in particular, I use six kilos of marisota. I use just under 100 grams of Simcoe throughout the boil, um, 15 minute addition and uh, a hop stand. I'm not going to elaborate on the numbers for those additions. And then I've got a pretty big hit coming for the dry hop. It's the, it's the hop stand, um, the middle, middle to end additions and the dry hop that are gonna make this beer. Um, Simcoe can be a little bit tricky at times to use, um, especially um, if you get a crop or an, an alpha range hop uh, variety like Simcoe that uh, can be, it can vary uh, a fair few points over different crop years and obviously from different growers. So depends on their region, depends on what they use to get their stuff going. Um, so Simcoe is one of those ones that you either love it or hate it. Um, you can grow to love it if you just introduce yourself slightly to the, the flavors and aromas that Simcoe has to offer. So all in all, the brew day went pretty well. I hit the numbers, we come in at a 1068. The plan was for a 1065 to a 1066. Haven't overshot it by much. Um, keeps me up there, keeps me well within the ballpark. Um, my end volume, the finished volume, uh, was uh, about two litres under. Doesn't bother me one bit. I couldn't care less whether it's, um, I've lost out on, on two and a half long necks or, or you know, two and a half large beer bottles, that's fine. I don't, I don't really care. As long as that beer comes out tasting fine um, and everyone else is um, happy with it as well. Main thing is that you have to be happy with it yourself and that, that's basically, um, that's all that matters. Um, the only issue, the negative of the day, and I'm gonna laugh it off now, but I was pretty annoyed with myself at the time, is I forgot to put the manifold into the mash tun before I started mashing in. Should have done it before I even put the water in, to be honest. Um, there's no way getting your manifold into a mash tun that's got um, water in it that's nearly 70 degrees in, in in temperature um, that's quite warm considering um, so thankfully I only had about a kilo of uh, of the grain into the mash tun at that stage so I was able to run it off um, get the manifold in get the uh, the liquid back in there get it back to the temperature I needed I lost a few points in temperature got it back up there where I needed it and then um, and then continued on. So that was the only downside of the brew day. Um, probably a pretty big stuff up to begin with, but um, uh, looking up at the kitchen bench and seeing the manifold sitting there after I started thinking, what am I gonna do now? And I wasn't gonna go through this whole process of trying to get it out after it had been mashed um, with, with grains blocking the, um, the tap. Still a pretty good day brewing. Um, so, Numbers 
overshot a little bit, but with it well within range of um, of what I think is going to be a pretty good beer. All right, day three of my three-day brewing binge. Day three sees me brewing another smash beer, but this smash beer is going to have my homegrown Hurstbrucker hops in it. So I'm going to add around about 150 grams at the start of the boil and around another 150 grams at the end of the boil, um, heading into pretty much a hop stand. So the same recipe, I only have swapped out the Simcoe and put in place the Hurstbrucker flowers. So my Hurstbrucker I've had for around about six years. It's been my best performer, best yielding hop variety that I have here growing at home. Not traditionally used in something like a smash beer, but I'm going to give it a go. Over the years, this, this variety has seemed to have changed a fair bit um, through the aroma and the oil contents. Last couple of years, so we'll say the last two, yeah, probably two years, I think I've found that these hops have been at their best. Probably comes a time when the hops uh, eventually start to burn out and not produce um, hops to a good a quality as what they do in their earlier years. But whilst the sun shines, make beer. So once again, it's using six kilos of Maris Otter, two packets of USO5 yeast, and about 300 grams of fresh wet hop flowers. Now this one's not going into the fermenter at this stage. I don't have any available space in a temperature controlled fridge. So I'm going to cube this one. I haven't cubed a beer for a long time, a very long time. So I'm gonna take this opportunity to get back into doing the cubing Obviously, for good reason is that I want to start producing beers uh, more often uh, and having been able to cube them and store them at optimal temperatures gives us an opportunity to brew at a later date uh, when everything's free up, uh, quicker time going into the kegs as well. So we can basically get those straight out of the, uh, out of the cubes into a fermenter, fermenting away. Um, turn around within about 14 days uh, and then into the kegs. That's the plan. So it has been a couple of, or a few big days here. The mead, not so much. The, the mead was, was easy. That was pretty much over within 10 minutes. Um, the biggest days, the last two days, has been doing both smash beers. Um, I did manage to pull a party goal off the back of the Simcoe smash beer. So I have a um, a nice mid-strength party goal beer going. I've done that off the back of the uh, powder day, the double chocolate coconut milk stout as well, and um, have really good feedback for that. I've actually um, I gave some to Dad and received a message about the. Uh, he said I just drank a bottle of a um, of beer that was um, that was labelled PG. And it, it sort of threw me because I'd forgotten all about it. And it was actually the party goal that I made from the um, from the uh, double chocolate milk stout. Which is good to have that sort of feedback. Um, he's enjoying a lot of my beers. Pretty much everything I make for him, he, he, he's, he's thoroughly enjoying. 
And um, so it's always good to get that sort of feedback. Uh, he, he loves his dark beers like myself and I could drink them all year round, whether it's 40 or 50 degrees, I, I can still manage to, you know, have a couple of sort of sessionable beers and finish off on the, on the, uh, on the dark beers. So as I mentioned, a couple of big days, um, pumping out on the ghetto system, and um, yeah, it's, it's all gone pretty well, pretty much smoothly, except for the one uh, little problem at the start of the last smash beer, and that was forgetting the manifold, but hey, these things happen. I'm going to wrap it up there. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>